and welcome to mini episode 105 of Real Life Ghost Stories. I hope you all had a peaceful and restful holiday season. And to kick things off today, I would like to thank some new Patreon subscribers. I would like to thank Dominique Lewis, Zoe, Bastille Quinn, Laurie Ann Sloniker, Hannah Ord, Leah Morrison, Bio Mike, Philip Hazel, Augustus Thunderguts, Tiff Parker, Grace Galvez, Fiona O'Neill, Robin, Cassie Hiles, Rachel Jean and Sarah Knapp. Thank you so much for becoming Patreon subscribers. I love you and I appreciate you every single day. And I have two spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from February the 23rd, 2021. And story number one comes from Kelsey. I have always been more sensitive to the spirit world. I believe that this is a common gift shared among my family members. My grandmother, my mom, my sister and many others in my family have experienced supernatural things. My first story takes place when I was 15 years old. My mom and stepdad decided to separate and me and my sister and my mom were looking for a new house to live in. We were on a tight budget and couldn't afford anything too big. After looking at many small apartments, we finally came across a listing for a four-bedroom house that was really cheap. Instead of having to cram all of us into a small apartment, we jumped at the opportunity to live in an actual house. When we went to take a tour of the home, I instantly got a weird feeling. It wasn't anything too strong or scary, it was just different. Kind of like you weren't alone. But like I said, it didn't feel too scary. However, the landlord was actually more weird than the house. I ended up asking her if the house was haunted, to which she replied, You'll get to know the house, and the house will get to know you. Like, what the hell was that supposed to mean? She also insisted that on Halloween we should not hand out candy, but instead play a religious video in our garage, because she does that every year and the kids would be expecting it. Even weirder. We were a little put off by how strange the landlord was, but the house was beautiful and we didn't have many other options, so we took it. We came to find out that the house was built in 1850, but other than that, we didn't know much history about it at the time. It had two different sets of stairs to get to the second floor. The first set went directly into my sister's room and the second set went to the upstairs hallway and my bedroom was at the end of the hallway. Another thing to note is that me and my sister's room were actually connected through a door. The house had the original flooring and the basement was the original foundation with dirt floors never renovated. So it wasn't long after we moved in that I started getting sleep paralysis almost every night. And every night that I would get it, I would see the same figure, an extremely tall dark shadow standing in the corner of my room. My visions of this were so vivid, when I finally woke myself up, I was certain that the figure was still lurking around somewhere, and it made me really uneasy. It was also around a few months into us living there, that I started hearing what sounded like footsteps on the stairs, and all of the electricity in the house would randomly go out. This happened oftentimes when I was home alone, and I would have to go down to the basement where the power box was and flick them all off and back on again. I would always keep my boyfriend on FaceTime when I would do this because I was so scared. It wasn't until a few weeks later that the activity started getting worse. It was the middle of summer and my sister and I were home alone. 
I spent most of the day on the living room couch watching true crime shows, and my sister was upstairs cleaning her room. Even when me and my sister are in the same house, we Snapchat each other instead of yelling up the stairs, so I went on to Snapchat to take a picture and ask her if she wanted to go get food because I was hungry. When I put the Snapchat filter on, it put it on another face behind me. I saw it, clear as day. There was a face over my shoulder and Snapchat literally recognised it as a face and put a filter on it. I screamed and demanded that my sister come downstairs so that I could have a witness when I tried it again. Melanie came rushing down the stairs asking what was wrong because I was freaking out. All of a sudden I heard this voice in my head. I don't know how to explain it. Like I don't know if it was my subconscious or what, but something kept telling me to look at the TV, look at the TV. So I turned to the TV and in the bottom of the screen, in a banner, like when they are showing you the next upcoming episode, it said, We see you, Kelsey. With my name spelled out correctly. My sister saw it too. We freaked the hell out, screaming and running outside and almost crying. We called my mom on the phone and told her what happened and she told us to calm down and stay outside, that she would be home shortly. When she came home, we all went back inside and I told her we should rewind the TV to see if it was still on there. When we rewinded it, it was still on there, so it was a legitimate episode. But still, just the timing of it was enough to freak me out, like someone wanted me to see it. A few months later, my aunt was going through a bad breakup and moved in with us along with her dog. I believe that after she moved in, the activity got even worse. It was October now and I started constantly burning sage around the house. I noticed that when I did, the activity seemed to calm down somewhat. I would still hear noises late at night and any time you went into the downstairs bathroom, it always felt like someone was in there with you, which is one of the main reasons I hated taking showers. It always felt like there was someone on the other side of the curtain. But other than that, things calmed down. That is until Halloween. My aunt took a job at a daycare and was gone most of the day. My sister and my mom went out to take my little cousins trick-or-treating. I was coming home from school and I was going to get changed and then head out to meet up with them. I came home and when I walked in the door I got a weird sinking feeling. Roxy, my aunt's dog, greeted me at the door. It always makes me feel better to keep the little dog around me because animals can sense things that we can't. So anytime I was alone I'd bring her to every room with me. I called my boyfriend on FaceTime and headed upstairs with Roxy to my room. I closed both the door to my room and the door that connected me and my sister's room. I hung up with my boyfriend to get changed and as soon as I hung up I heard it. There were heavy footsteps walking around downstairs and I could hear them clear as day. Roxy started barking like crazy. My immediate thought was that someone had broken into my house because they knew I was alone. I was scared out of my mind trying to think of what the hell I could do. I've never felt such fear. The footsteps started coming upstairs towards the hallway. I was frozen and almost crying at this point, but the adrenaline kicked in and I knew I had to make a run for it if I wanted to live. I heard the footsteps almost get to my bedroom door when I picked up Roxy and sprinted into my sister's room and down the second set of stairs. I was shaking so badly I could barely unlock the door to escape. Once I was outside, I called my mom crying hysterically and she said she was calling the police. I sat outside the front of my house watching all the exits. No one came out. 
I looked up to the window of my room and I swear I saw the curtain move. My mom rushed home and when the police arrived, they searched from top to bottom, but there was nobody there. I for sure would have seen somebody leaving the house, but nobody did. This was enough to really make my mom realise that something was going on there. We all started feeling more uneasy and more drained whenever we were in the house. We argued more. We were all more tired. It's like the house itself was draining all of our energy. The next incident that happened was when my aunt was at home alone. She told me that she had been washing the dishes when she heard a voice say, Amber. She thought she had imagined it until she heard it two more times. Amber. Amber. Her dog started freaking out and my aunt grabbed her keys and her dog and ran out of the house and swore that she would never be in the house alone again. By the end of our time there, my sister and my mom and I were all sleeping on the sectional together in the living room. Every night we would hear strange noises. It wasn't until we moved out that we finally felt like a weight had lifted off of our shoulders. I stopped having sleep paralysis. I stopped seeing things out of the corner of my eye. We all felt at peace finally after a long year of living in that house. Another thing to note is that there were two different families that had moved in after we left and both of them left before their lease was up. They each only stayed there for a few months max. Almost a year after we had moved out, my mom randomly got the idea to go to the historical society and see if there was any deaths that had happened in our house. What she found out was shocking. Apparently there had been multiple deaths in our house over the years. This was enough for me to confirm what I knew all along, that our house was definitely haunted and I wouldn't go back there if you paid me. Also, I have another story. It isn't mine, it's my stepbrother's story, but he gave me permission to use it. This story takes place in my stepbrother's mom's house. My stepdad and his ex-wife have joined custody, and they alternate weeks of my stepbrother being at their home. My stepbrother Dominic said that he had never been much of a believer in the paranormal, but some of the things that happened when he was at his mom's house were completely unexplainable. His mother moved into a house in a town called Greenwich. This town is actually known by the locals for being haunted. I don't know the exact reason why, but I was always told this growing up, and they even do ghost tours there around Halloween. So his mom moved into this beautiful house that had a lot of land. Everything was fine at first, but then weird things started happening. Dominic would get really vivid nightmares of shadow people watching him. He even told me that he started getting sleep paralysis, which he had never had previous to being there. He said that one night he had sleep paralysis and he saw multiple entities all around him, and the only thing that made it stop was he finally got enough energy to say the word Jesus, and everything stopped at once. This continued on, and gradually got worse. Now the most chilling story that he shared with me still scares me to this day. He told me that he had come home from school and was heading down the hallway to his room when he passed his mom's room and saw her turned around facing her computer. He said, Hey mom, I'm home. To which she didn't respond. All she did was nod her head. Dominic thought it was a little weird that she didn't even turn around to face him, but he didn't think much of it and proceeded to go to his room and set down his book bag. Immediately after, he headed downstairs and saw his mom sitting on the couch watching TV. She said, Oh, hey, Dominic, you're home. 
and he said, yeah, didn't you hear me say hello when I passed by your room? She asked him what he was talking about because she hadn't been in her room for a couple of hours. He then realized that it was not her in her room and that whatever was in the room looked exactly like his mom from the back, but it wasn't her and he never saw the face of what was sitting in the room. He freaked out and told his mom, but she didn't believe him until it happened to her. Her boyfriend works the night shift and when he comes home, she is already sleeping. So she's used to him just coming upstairs and hopping into bed. So most of the time, she doesn't even roll over to check. One day, she heard her boyfriend coming home and he came upstairs and she felt him get into bed. About half an hour passed by when she heard a noise downstairs. Her boyfriend was fast asleep and probably exhausted from his shift. So she decided to go check it out on her own. She headed downstairs to the kitchen where she thought she'd heard the noise coming from. She saw a man standing with the fridge doors opened and realised that it was her boyfriend. He had just gotten home and whatever was in bed with her was not him. She freaked out and cried and he didn't believe her but she finally believed Dominic. The most important thing about this story is obviously and undoubtedly the landlord. You'll get to know the house and the house will get to know you. Oh man, that'd be the point where I'd be like, no, no, I need you to tell me exactly what you mean now. No, no, I need exactly what you mean. Ambiguity does not cut it when you make statements like that. You've got to tell me exactly what you mean by that. Is the house a living entity? Are you implying that there's something in the house? Are you implying that the house potentially will not accept me as a dweller? No, not happening. That Things like that should not be allowed. And honestly, it is her prerogative if she wants to play religious videos in the garage because that's what she does every year. But those kids will be expecting it, probably, but have been disappointed every single Halloween. Because on Halloween, kids, they want sweets. They want candy. They don't want religious videos playing from your garage. That is not, that does not embody the ideas around trick-or-treating. No way. If I was a kid at Halloween, I'd be very annoyed if I went to somebody's house and they just had a religious video playing instead of giving out Snickers. On the topic of the Snapchat filters, there are so many videos where people have used those Snapchat filters and they pick up a face that's in the room. Because, you know, we all know that it is a ghost's one desire to have a cute dog face filter put onto it. That's the ideal haunting really, isn't it? But the thing that really freaked me out was the look at the TV and we see you, Kelsey, being on the TV. And I know afterwards that you clarified that it was to do with the TV programme. But what a weird coincidence. That is such a freaky coincidence. I would have, would have been out that door too. We see you, Kelsey. No, absolutely not. That's horrendous. And I wonder if your aunt moving into the house in such a state of emotional turmoil went some ways to helping the increase of the activity. Because people always talk about that, don't they? About how like poltergeists, paranormal activity, it all feeds off the emotional state. So when people are particularly emotional and vulnerable, then actually the activity worsens. So that might have been why. And I totally agree with having a little dog, bringing a little dog around. They sense more than we do. Definitely. 100%. And as for your stepbrother story, man. The thing I always think about with those stories of like doubles or doppelgangers or something that looks like your mum or or in this case something that looks like his mum and then his mum's boyfriend. What is the intention behind it? Like why, why is there a need to masquerade as somebody that you know? Is it to get attention? Is it to lure you into a false sense of security? And then what? That would be my question. What is the next step? I guess that's not what anybody wants to hear really is. That's not very helpful for 
for Dominic and his <laughs> and his mum. But what is the next step would be my question. And story number two comes from Emily. From the age of around 14 to 16, I would see black shadows out of the corner of my eye. Being a sceptic, I put it down to my eyes growing and changing. The first time it happened, I was sat on the stairs talking to my friend on FaceTime, when through the banister, I saw a large black dog standing on the landing. I visibly jumped, with my friend shouting out, Are you okay? To which I just said yes and ignored whatever it was that had disappeared from my vision. But this wasn't the scariest experience. I went to Italy with my mum and dad when I was 15. We stayed in a lovely small second floor apartment in an old building just down a side street from the Pantheon. There was nothing creepy about this place, with an old staircase leading up to the apartments, white walls and ceilings and a lovely bright view. Except there was a certain feeling, and not a particularly nice feeling. Like the feeling you have when you walk home in the dark and notice a man walking straight behind you, so you just have to keep alert. My parents would leave in the morning to get coffee and me being 15 would rather lay in bed. However, every morning despite trying to go back to sleep, I would call my friend and stay on the phone until my parents came back, purely because I felt so on edge. This sounds so strange, but I felt like standing just under my bed by the front door in the kitchen or on the other side of said door would be an angry, tall man just waiting. The day before we left, I was in the bathroom in my towel, having just had a shower. I was singing along to some song when I turned around to see a black shadow shape of a young boy standing by the bathroom door. I somehow ran out to the living room where my parents turned to look at me confused. I laughed slightly to relax myself to say, I just thought I saw a boy in there, but I think it was just one of those shadows I keep seeing. My parents, also sceptics, agreed with me and said that I'd be fine. Only about a year ago, I was talking to my parents again about that apartment. While my dad didn't agree, me and my mum both said that it felt creepy and agreed on the male feeling in the apartment. She then said that before the day I had run out of the bathroom, she had also seen a young boy in that bathroom while having a shower and told my dad. I turned to my dad who nodded and rolled his eyes. When I asked her why she didn't tell me, she said that of course she didn't, because I wouldn't have shut up about it for the rest of the trip. The next story happened a few weeks ago and is far less creepy and much shorter too. I've recently taken up witchcraft, despite not really believing in it. I more believe that you can convince yourself of things. It was Maybon, and I had somehow convinced an evangelical friend to come to the graveyard with me to leave offerings for any wandering spirits, to say thank you for the summer. I took all the necessary precautions and did not feel at all scared. I also did not believe that spirits would haunt a graveyard as one, they aren't real, and two, why would they haunt a place that holds hardly any significance to them? Me and my friend walked around the small graveyard, which also had no one inside, when on our second lap I heard a third pair of footsteps which would stop and start a few seconds after mine. If I stood leaves to grass to leaves... I would hear a few seconds after mine and my friends, leaves, grass, leaves. They would then start a few seconds after mine, just as if someone was walking alongside us. I said thank you and left, then told my friend who hadn't heard anything, although I'm not sure she would have even recognised an actual person walking alongside us. 
Anyway, it was a cute little ghost thing that happened, which actually felt very friendly and happy. At a later date, Emily then emailed an update to this same graveyard story. I bloody knew it wouldn't be a ghost. On the other hand, I didn't really know what else it could have been. Maybe something checking up to see what I was doing, like a guardian of some sort. Quick background, I've grown up with the idea that our family have house spirits, like fairy house spirits. They leave us alone most of the time and take or borrow things occasionally when they want some bread or whiskey. When I went to the graveyard, I left three coins for the gatekeeper. I didn't have a bag or pockets, so I had to carry the three coins and I checked that I dropped the three coins onto the ground near the gate. The coins were three American coins. The day after I wrote the last email, and I feel like I probably made something a bit annoyed, some kind of scary, but we're checking you're an okay person kind of stuff went on. On our kitchen counter appeared a five cent coin. I say a, but I'm pretty sure it's the coin. We don't have American money in our house because what's the point? My gut told me that this is the coin that I had taken to the graveyard, but it couldn't have been unless something was returning it. Next to my bed is the extension cord with my phone charger plugged in. The actual plug to my extension cord is on the other side of the room behind a desk behind a box. There's no point in unplugging it. It's a pain in the arse to get to and I'm pretty lazy. I went to put my phone on charge and it didn't connect to the power. I assumed I'd broken another cable, but I happened to check the plug. The extension cord had been unplugged and dropped onto the floor. Knowing that no one in my house had done it, I just laughed and plugged it back in because there was no point engaging in whatever had done it. The last thing happened just after I got into bed to go asleep. I wasn't tired, it wasn't the middle of the night. The landing light was still on and I was still wide awake. In my doorway was some kind of shadow creature, not in the darkness off the hallway, but deeply contrasted by the light right behind it. Luckily, I didn't feel that scared and politely told it to go away because I was going to be going to sleep soon. I rolled over and stayed on my phone for a few minutes and by the time I rolled back over it had gone. You bet I did a big cleansing the next day. Mainly because when I told my mum everything, she said, it's that bloody witchy shit you're doing, bringing it all into the house. Nothing else has happened, but I've gone back a few times to the graveyard. Only really some rustling bushes, twinkling bell noises and footsteps. I work in a pub, and of course all pubs are haunted. Especially where I work in the centre of town. I mean, what is a pub without a ghost anyway? Since I started, I would regularly see a man standing at the end of the bar waiting to be served. But as I walked over to serve him, there would be nobody there. I put this down to the fact that I am so used to seeing people standing at the bar and that I need to be alert and to take drinks orders. I should, however, mention that I usually work early afternoon shifts. Otherwise, I would also put this down to tiredness. But unfortunately, I cannot use that excuse. My co-worker said that one night when she was shutting down, she saw someone walk past the same area, only to find no one there without me even mentioning the man who stands at the end of the bar. The cellar is creepy. The pub doesn't feel haunted except when you go down into the cellar and stand next to the old wooden doors that are always left open a crack so anyone who wanted to could easily jump out at you. A thing my mind always makes me think about when putting my bag downstairs before a shift. As I was down in the dry store making cups of tea, I heard the top door open and someone walk down the stairs. 
I went back up to find that both of my co-workers were still upstairs. As the only door to the cellar was behind the bar, I asked if anyone had gone down. Oh no, that'll be the ghost. I laughed until my co-worker explained. One night my co-worker had seen a girl run down to the cellar. When she went to tell her to go back to her parents, she couldn't find the girl, so she checked the whole pub and the CCTV only to find no one. And that's not all that happened in the cellar. As I was collecting some crisps and wine from the dry store, I heard a human, but also somehow inhuman, whistling. I stopped what I was doing and looked around, and there was no one. I carried on and it started again. I got what I needed and bolted up the stairs. No one had come down, and no one was already down there. Later on my break, having remembered one of your podcast episodes, I looked up the whistler and proceeded to scare myself silly and avoid the cellar for the rest of the shift. The final thing that has happened was when I was working again with the same co-worker who had seen the man at the end of the bar. When we were working on a quiet early afternoon we heard a loud crash. I thought it came from the kitchen but she went down to the cellar. I waited assuming that someone down there had dropped something when she came back up and just said well that was weird. I asked what had happened and she said there was just one of those barrels rolling down the hallway and the cellar door was fully open, it must have just fallen over. I pointed out to her that that never happens, and then said that a ghost must have pushed it, although sarcastically. But a ghost must have been very strong to push one of those full barrels of beer over, to which she shivered and told me not to say that because we'll just creep ourselves out. This has all happened after just a month of working there, so wish me luck with this haunted pub, I guess. I count myself among one of the few lucky people who have not had any experience with shadow people or seen shadows out of the corner of their eye. And it always strikes me when I hear these stories about people who see shadow people, how cool and calm and collected they remain, regardless of whether there's a shadow dog, big tall shadow man, shadow boy, whatever it is, people seem to remain calm, cool and collected. And I just don't think I would be. I don't think I would be. I'd go into fight or flight. And my fight or flight mode seems to be fight. I always thought it would be flight, but it would be fight. So see me, I'd be punching, punching the air, trying to get at that shadow person, which would not be good. It wouldn't end well for anybody involved. And in regards to the graveyard, like I also agree. I don't really believe that people would haunt the graveyard as it's a final resting place rather than where something traumatic happens. However, I don't totally work regardless of your beliefs. Like when people like desecrate gravestones and stuff. No way, man. You're going to get bad luck for doing that. But in saying that, I wouldn't be taking any risks in the graveyard either. No way, man. And it sounds like that person, that entity that you left the offerings for, saw your offering and decided, I'm going to shit you up by bringing that offering back to you just to let you know that I'm here and to let you to let you know that I've seen you. And it is a universal fact that pubs are haunted. Any old pubs in the UK come with a ghost, most definitely. I even went to our local pub, what was a while ago now, to ask if we could shoot a video. And our my local pub is The Unicorn, uh, which is owned by the lovely Lorenzo. And Lorenzo was like, no, 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 there's not, there's no, no ghost stories here. And then he was like, oh, except the last owners like used to see an old couple here. And I was like, Lorenzo, that sounds like a ghost story to me. So it's a fact that pubs are haunted. They just are. Comes with the territory. Thank you so much to Kelsey and Emily for sending in your stories. Remember the last story today came from February the 23rd, 2021. 
If you would like to know anything more about the podcast, you can do so by looking up reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And on that note, I shall see you next time. <laughs>